Shalom and welcome to another in our series of podcasts from Temple Beth Am, a dynamic center for conservative Judaism in Los Angeles. This is a recording of Rabbi Avi Havivi's weekly Sidur class. So I got a request to just review where we are and sort of the number of brachot. I mean, the brachot don't really have numbers, but but you can write numbers in with pencils uh, if you want in your um, Sidur. Uh, so, again, the first three brachot we talked about, and the last three brachot at the end, which we'll get to, those are the three, those are the six fixed ones. They don't really change from one service to another, uh, except for Sim Shalom and Shalom Rav, I guess. So the middle brachot are the ones that change between weekday and Shabbat and festivals and Rosh Hashanah. And on weekday, there are 13 middle brachot. Um... So we, we had one, two, and three ending with Kedusha. So the first group we looked at is for Da'at, uh, Teshuvah, and Slicha, or Teshuvah and Slicha, if I can pronounce them correctly. So that, that, that would correspond to, we'll, we can call them blessings four, five, and six, if you need to number. And then, we talked about another group of three, and we said those were the sort of intellectual, spiritual requests. And then we talked about a group of three that are the uh, more uh, physical, concrete, personal requests. Um, and that was Geulah, Rifuah, and Birkat Hashanim, which we referred to as, comes after four, five, six, seven, eight, and nine. So Geulah is Redemption, but really protection, physical protection. Uh, Rifuah, healing. Birkat Hashanim, someone used the word last uh, week, which was a much better word than anything that I had come up with, sustenance. Okay? So protection, healing, sustenance. Three clearly sort of physical requests. So four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. And then... Last week, I thought we would do three of them, but we only did two. But that actually worked well, worked out well, because the two that we're going to do today are really kind of a pair that go together. So the two we did last week was um, Kibbutz Galuyot. It start with Tekab B'Shofar Gadol of Heretain. It's called Kibbutz Galuyot. And Mishpat, okay? In Gathering of the Exiles uh, of the Jewish People and good government. Although we're going to see other things about government, sort of about government later on, but, um, or governance, right? In gathering and governance, good government. So four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. I guess that's number 10 and 11, which means today we're coming up to 12 and 13. So today we are starting with Villa Malchinim, and that is in the Slim Shalom at the bottom of page 39. And in the big Sim Shalom, it is at the bottom of page 112. So in both cases, it is the last bracha on the page, which is handy. And in the Sidur Shiloh that I grew up with, davening, it is also the last one on the page. Um, so I went to an Orthodox day school grade uh, through eighth grade, and it is imprinted on my mind where the brachot are on the page, and that has to do with the sidur I used from first grade through eighth grade, the, the old sidur Shiloh. 
when I daven by heart and I'm trying to think of where I am in the Amidah, I still have a visual image of that page. So, you know, you learn them young and it gets imprinted on your brain. So last bracha on the page, on page 39 or page 112. And the two brachot we're going to look at today, we basically, they're a nice pair because we could just call them against the bad guys and in favor of the good guys. That's what these two brachot are. They kind of mirror each other. We pray for the destruction of the evildoers and the support of the good doers. Um, there is a widespread thing that is said that the prayer for the destruction of the evildoers is the extra added bracha that makes the Shemona Esrei actually have 19 blessings, and that is actually not true. Now, that misconception is based on the fact that in the Mishnah, I think it's the Mishnah, it says that, uh, was it Shimon Rabban Gamliel told Shimon HaFakuli to uh, uh, compose this bracha against the sectarians. So because this bracha is mentioned, maybe it wasn't Shimon HaFakuli, maybe it was Shmuel HaKatan. I looked it up three weeks ago. I'll look it up again, sorry, for for uh, next week. So because it's specifically mentioned, there came to be a widespread opinion in traditional Jewish thought that since it's the one that's specifically mentioned that a Tanaitic sage composed this blessing, the other ones are not specifically mentioned because this one is singled out that this is the one that was added um, in the you know, second century of the common era against sectarian heretics who were probably at that time Christian Jews, um, and that this is the extra added bracha that made the Amida go from 18 to 19. We now know that that is not true, and we know that that's not true because we have Cairo Geniza fragments from the Amida of Eretz Israel which are actually lacking a different bracha, one of the ones we're going to get to later that we haven't gotten to yet, okay? So we actually know what the added bracha is, and it's not this one. So there is a reigning misconception. You might look at uh, maybe Sachs might say it in his Sidur, um, certainly other Orthodox Sidurim with commentary, certainly every Orthodox rabbi I've ever heard, um, who will say this was the added blessing, blessing to condemn uh, heretics. And in fact, we now know this is not the added blessing, meaning this was part of the Amida from the beginning. Well, we don't know what the Amida looked like at the beginning, okay? Because uh, we have no text from the beginning. Again, the, the, the you know, Talmud doesn't tell us what are the eight, 18 or 19 blessings. It doesn't enumerate all of them. Um, so... But the idea that because the Mishnah mentions this blessing in particular means this is the added one uh, is incorrect. Okay, it just happens to be that the, Mish the Mishnah mentions it in particular. So this is a bracha. Now, this bracha also is the one that has the most variability if you look at different Sidurim, Sephardi, Mizrahi, Ashkenazi, uh, manuscripts, there are many 
um, versions of it, many different wordings of it. And these different wordings are probably because of censorship or Jewish self-censorship. Jews were criticizing their enemies and they didn't want anyone who they lived under who had power over them to think that the Jews were criticizing those particular people as their enemies. So the wording was changed many times over the centuries so as not to offend, okay? So we know, for example, in earliest manuscript versions, um, uh, it mentions in, in the Cairo Geniza, it mentions the Notesrim, which means the, Nazare the Nazarenes, okay? Which means Christians, all right? So this is a bracha from about the second century-ish of the Common Era, when we know that people were slugging it out for who are the Jews going to be, and the sages, Chazal of the Mishnah, and later the Talmud, were only one group that was slugging it out for leadership and for definition of um, what Judaism was going to be. And this bracha condemns everyone else. The usual rule of thumb is everyone other than us is a heretic. Yes, in all, in all religions. Everyone other than our group is the, are, is the, are the heretical groups. Uh, did I mention this last week? Um, so Gilad Kariv, who's the reform rabbi, who's a member of Knesset. Did he, men did I mention him last week? I can't remember. Um, so reform rabbi, first reform rabbi in the Knesset, and it came out about a week and a half ago that he was appointed the head of some Knesset, either committee or subcommittee, I don't know. And then the Haredim have said, um, we refuse to sit with him in this Knesset committee at all that he chairs because the Reformim are a group that is, I loved the quote, intentionally trying to destroy the Jewish people, not people who we disagree with, not even sectarians, right? But people who are intentionally trying to destroy the Jewish people, right? So this is a 2000 year old tradition for whatever group to say, you know, we are Torah true and these other people are heretics, okay? So this is a bracha about, originally about heretics. The text that we have of this bracha is not entirely the original one. Let's look at the text that we have in our Ashkenazi Sidur. Vila malshinim al tikva. Malshin literally means tail bearers, but it means, uh, in this context, it means Jewish apostates, sorry, apostates, who are originally Jewish, who leave the Jewish fold and then go to the other dominant group. And what's the, what's the correct word for rat out, to rat someone out? Benedict Arnold. What do we call Benedict Arnold? Informer. Informer. informer thank you. Informer. Malchini means informers. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I, I think better in Hebrew than I do in English. Right? So informers. What does informers mean? It doesn't mean I'm doing a drug deal and there's someone in my drug gang 
who works for the FBI secretly and is an informer. That's not the kind of informers they're talking about. They're talking about people who were originally our co-religionists who leave the fold and then inform on the Jewish people. And usually what they inform is, you know, leads to a blood libel or says the Jews are cursing you or something like that. We know through the ages there were um, informers who, you know, got involved with Christianity or Islam who, um, who ended up saying to the authorities, you know, the Jews are saying this bad thing in their synagogue or the Jews are doing this bad practice. And that's what the Malshinim are. This is, again, Malshinim is not original. It is a relatively later addition to this paragraph. So may the informers have no hope. The whole harishah karega toved. And may all wickedness be instantly destroyed. The whole oivecha meherai karetu. And may all your enemies, your capital Y, we're talking to Hashem, may all your enemies speedily be cut off. The hazedim and the arrogant ones, may you speedily uproot and smash and crush and subdue very quickly. So other than informers, this paragraph and the version that we have it is pretty anonymous sounding. It's just like the evildoers. May all the evildoers be destroyed. Baruch Hashem, Shover Oivim, who breaks the enemies, smashes the enemies, subdues the arrogant. Humbles the arrogant is a very nice English glossing over. Machnia does not mean humble. It means to subdue, like in wartime. Okay? So basically we're talking about who are the arrogant, who are the evildoers, in our Ashkenazi version of this bracha that has come down to us, we have no idea whatsoever. So I'll just tell you in various other Sidurim and in various manuscripts that are earlier, pre-censorship, it mentions the notes Rim, Christians, and it uses the earliest version says Minim. Min, which means type or species, is the rabbinic word for sectarian, right? Heretic. A mean means you're a particular type of belief. It's the classic rabbinic term for any kind of sectarian, right? Sectarian means a Jew who believes in a different belief stream than um, our group, right? I have no doubt in, in my mind that those Haredim who won't sit with Rabbi Gilad Kariv uh, in his Knesset committee, they would refer to him as a mean they would refer to us as a mean also, by the way. They would definitely refer to egalitarian people as minim. So in classical rabbinic thought, minim means sectarian Jewish groups, as opposed to Gentiles. All right. So this is, by the way, this blessing is called birkat in rabbinic sources. Remember, every, every blessing has a name. For, so that you could refer to it in shorthand, right? We give them numbers, but the, the, the sages didn't give them numbers, right? But this is called Birkat Haminim, the blessing about sectarians, okay? And it is a bracha that 
originally that all the Jews who practice different than the Torah true mainstream should be destroyed speedily, O Hashem. All right. Um, and uh, at a particular moment in the first few centuries of the common era, this, and maybe it was originally about Christians, right? It's early second century when that, that Mishnah mentions it, and that kinds of fits Christianity. Uh, sorry, I don't want to say Christianity. Jews, Jews who were Jesus followers, right? Because they, they themselves might not have thought that they were in a different religion. They might have thought that they were Jews who were Jesus followers. They didn't necessarily call themselves not Jews anymore, okay? But the sages said, you're not Jews anymore. You're Jews by birth, but you are heretics. So minim means sectarians or heretics. This is the blessing about heretics. Because the heretics, I'll put them in quotes, um, because I don't call anyone a heretic because it's not my job to decide who's a heretic. That's the modern pluralistic temperament. We, we just celebrated the 4th of July. It's part of our American way of life. Who are we to decide that anyone else is a heretic, right? It's a great country. People can practice the way they want. You know, Jews for Jesus, we may not think that they're Jewish. We may disagree, Messianic Jews today. But you know what? It's a free country. They can do whatever they want. They can rent their storefront. Okay. Joanna, and it's still a free country up there, correct? Right. So we believe. So we believe. Right. Okay. So um, so this is a bracha originally about heretics, probably Christians, maybe other heretics. We know that there were other groups who the sages of the Mishnah might have considered heretics. There were Gnostics, spelled Gnostics, who believed that there were either, that they might they might have believed there were two deities in heaven, a good deity and a bad deity, or a higher deity and a lower deity, and the higher deity was very far away and was very pure and good, and then the lower deity was evil and ran the world. So we know we know that there were in this era Jewish Gnostics. And there were Jewish, and they considered themselves Jews. And there were Jewish Christians, and they considered themselves Jews. And there were the remnants of the Tzedukim, or the Sadducees, who were the remnants of the Jerusalem priesthood. And they considered themselves the true Jews. So we know of a number of groups from various sources that the sages thought were Heretics. The non-heretics was us, whoever defined us. That's the people who wrote our Sidur. That's how they got to be us. Okay? With time, because of persecution and fear of persecution, this bracha was censored and self-censored many times and has many different versions and wordings. By the way, because there was censorship or fear, Jewish fear of persecution by more powerful authorities, um, very often the Jews self-censored to avoid persecution. So sometimes it was censorship. 
very often it was actually self-censorship. So for example, there's a particular point in the Middle Ages, around the 1300s-ish, when all sorts of references in rabbinic manuscripts from the word goy get changed to akum, ayin kaf vav mem, which is an acronym for ovdei kochavim umazalot, which means those who worship the suns and the constellations, which is what we would call in old-fashioned English, pagans. So there are all kinds of references to a goy, and it's changed to, which means a Gentile, right? And it's changed to pagan. And the reason it was changed, it was self-censored by Jews because Christians burned the Talmud in Paris in the 1200s. And part of Jews being able to move forward with their writing of manuscripts, there wasn't any publishing yet, was the Jews compelled or chose to change references throughout the Talmud from the word goy, which means non-Jew, to akum, which means pagan. And that then allowed the Talmud to not be persecuted and burned by Christians, because Jews could say, it's not talking about you, it's talking about pagans, and you and we both disagree with pagans. It's people who lived long ago who bowed down to the stars. See, you Christians, we're in agreement that these pagans were bad people, and we're not talking about you, right? So a lot of censorship of manuscripts, and you hear about this all the time, actually became self-censorship once Jews found out what it was that would be offensive to their local authorities, okay? So this bracha has gone through many, many additions and revisions, and some of them say no tzrim, and some of them, the earliest ones say no tzrim and meaning, Christians and sectarians, and it's ended up being um, for better or worse, and we'll talk about for better or worse in a moment, it's been changed to evildoers, right? So the for better part of the change to evildoers is that when we daven this, when you daven this bracha, it can refer to anyone you want to refer to. So I sometimes think of like, it's the terrorists who murder civilians, or it's a certain political figure and his followers, he who shall go nameless, right? Um, So it can be anyone. So whoever you see as, again, think of the context, right? After virtuous judges, right? Good government. And before we're going to get to and save the good guys upon whom the world depends. So the evildoers who threaten, who, you know, threaten to... They are the Zaydim, the arrogant, the Oivim, the enemies. They can be pretty much anyone you want them to be, right? So we have a bracha that's basically morphed over time, over the centuries, from a bracha about Jewish heretics. It was softened to not offend the heretics, basically, once the heretics became the dominant religion in the Roman Empire, if I may put it that way. 
um, and the dominant religion in the Western world for, you know, between one and a half and two millennia. Um, so that bracha, once it was changed to not offend the heretics, to just do about evildoers in general, you can make an argument, I would make an argument that that bracha is then actually more useful for us um, in your in our group and in our individual davening, because you may think about whichever oivim and zedim you care to. So I have to tell you, in my own davening, some mornings I'm thinking about the zedim, and uh, there's different zedim, you know? When it's terrorists, that's who I'm thinking about. When it's, you know, mass shootings and gun violence, that's who I'm thinking about. When it's some particularly egregious public political event, that might be who I'm thinking about. It rotates, just like when I'm thinking about uh, rifuah, healing, I'm thinking about different people. When I'm thinking about sustenance from day to day, I might be thinking about different things, okay? If you were an economist, a professional economist, you know, the bracha about sustenance, you might worry about the, uh, I don't know, the, the employment numbers that come out every quarter or something like that, okay? Um, or every week, I don't know. Um, so we're supposed to add our own personal thoughts in these brachot. We have that option. And the Zaydim and the Oivim are whoever you think they are. So I would argue that this censorship and self-censorship has yielded for us a more useful bracha than if it would have stayed originally. Like some people, you know, when they find manuscripts, they say, oh, we should change it back. You know, just like, uh, as everyone, as you probably, most of you know, and we've talked about this before when we talked about the Alenu, there was a line that was censored out of the Alenu, right? That the, that the Orthodox, most Orthodox Yudurim of the last 20 years have restored. For they bow down to emptiness and nothingness and gods that are useless. And then va'anach nukorim, but we bow down to the real true God of heaven, right? So that line, they bow down to nothingness, that was censored and self-censored out by Jews, right? It's now been restored because of the, in many Orthodox Yudurim, because of the attitude of, huh, no one's going to push us around and tell us what to censor out of our Sidur, right? So we're going to add it back. So I guess someone might want to add back, you know, sectarians and notesreem. I would not be in favor of adding that back in. By the way, there are no, I want to make it clear, there are no orthodox Sidurim that I, no, no orthodox movements to restore the original version of Vilamal Shinim. Um, and that original version of Vilamal Shinim is in uh, Eretz Yisraeli manuscripts from the Cairo Geniza, and no one has recited it in over a thousand years. So there's no movement to restore it. But that's the original. Pause. Pause for question, comment, thought. The floor is open. Larry Herman. I think, I think you're echoing. Oop, you're echoing. You're echoing. Say it again. Now you're muted. <laughs> Try, yeah, you're, yeah. He's going to work on tech. Larry's going to... Larry, try again. Okay. So Diane has got her iPad in front of her as well. Third time's the charm. You're not echoing and we can hear you. Go ahead. 
Well, I was going to defer to Joanna, but since I've, since I've got the technical problem. Larry, Joanna, go. Well, I was, let me just say two things. Now you're frozen. Joanna, go ahead. Maybe I missed it. Maybe you threw it in there and I just didn't catch it. But if this isn't the 19th bracha, inquiring minds want to know which is. One we is, didn't get up, I we didn't get up sure to it yet. We'll, of the, of we're going to get up to it. Sure that I, okay, but on. you don't want to give us the big reveal of which is the one that was, in fact, yeah. added no, last? We didn't get to, we'll do it when we get to it. Okay. We're, we're, well, we're going in order. We're going in order. You're going ha- to keep us coming back week after week just to Meyer, get the answer Meyer, to that question. Meyer said it. It's basically the, uh, the um, where'd he go? Where'd it go? It's, uh, where's the chat? How come I can't see the chat? Anyway, it's um, it's one of the Jerusalem. Uh, uh, it's for the uh, uh, restoration of the Davidic kingdom. There, There's basically one bracha that got, it wasn't really an added bracha, there's really one bracha that got split into two, okay? So, um, so Bonei Yerushalayim and Matzmiach Karen Yeshua, the two right before Shema Koleinu, were originally one, and they got split into two. That's the answer. Okay. Yes, you'll see that at the bottom of page 39 in the English side. It, it, the, there'll be a note on it, and, and, um, and, um, we know that again from Cairo Geniza fragments, which reflect the what's called in scholarly work Palestinian, which we, means the Eretz Yisraeli practice, the practice in the land of Israel prior to Jewish life being essentially totally taken over by the culture of the Babylonian Talmud, right? So it's the old Eretz Yisraeli rite, R I T E, which has those two brachot, the two before Shomayat Filah, as actually one bracha, for reasons that we'll discuss when we get up to it, that bracha got split into two. There are speculations about why, because there's no documentation of, now we have decided to split this one bracha into two. No one ever footnoted any of these decisions. So we have assumptions and opinions about it, but we don't know for a fact why one was split into two. Avi, can I get us back to this? Larry, now this, give it a try. Well, this is on, I'm now on Diane's iPad, but um, I was, as Meyer was passing me and you were, and you were uh, explaining this, I said to him, you've shaken the foundations of my understanding. And Diane was sitting here with the, with the Sachs Corin, and it does not give a false um, explanation as you were suggesting. And then I went and I got my Donin, um, to pray as a Jew, which I think is where a lot of um, um, Orthodox, liberal Orthodox people get their understanding of, of, of prayer. And I was sure it was in there, but it's not. And in fact, um, Sorry, it's he not has meaning, a very interesting. What you mean, the thing that's not there is Villa Malshinim is the added extra bracha. What I believed, I was, was, was so sure of, was in there, is not in there. Right. I, I don't know where I got it from. But it is it is widely said, by the way, I, I don't want, I, by the way, uh, just to clarify, it is technically false. Uh, a better word is it is a misconception based on uh, incomplete information that, uh, you know, it's sort of like, oh, when I grew up, that information wasn't available. This is what it was said. And then the question is, 
So now that there's information, you know, how far, how deeply has it penetrated into the, into the traditional Jewish world? You know, so there's certain things that are just repeated as, cause, you know, that's what we say. It's, it's, it's the widely repeated misconception. Can I read a brief passage from Donan? Sure. Um, in one place of, in one place, the Talmud indicates this blessing, which was directed against heretical groups, was fixed in Yavna under the leadership of Rabbi Gamliel the Elder during the second century CE. And that's from Barachot, um, Amud uh, 28, um, uh, Daf 28, Amud, um, that, and constituted the 19th blessing of the Shimon Asrei. Eliezer Levi, however, argues from sources elsewhere in the Talmud, um, that this blessing, and it's Yerushalmi Barachot, that this blessing was one of the original 18 prescribed by Ezra. The opening words of the blessing were Alham Minim, as you described, for the heretics, and was directed against the hostile Samaritan sect. And he goes on to describe that. And then he goes on to say, later, when the Samaritan threat declined, the blessing fell into disuse, and a new threat of religious heresy arose with the Sadducees. So okay. again, I just want to I just want to say everything that Larry is saying now is a story. I just want to point out Larry is saying things that are not necessarily fact. It's a story. But go on. Well, I was going to stop there because he's uh, he's he's reinforcing what you said by citing stories about who were these internal. You know, they weren't the external enemies; they were the internal enemies. Yes, right, correct. They were and people the, people who were very close to us. Right. And the, just the very last thing I wanted to say, um, and this is a, you've changed my perspective. I always thought, because I thought it was the additional, that it interrupted a normal flow to go from the prayer for the, uh, for, for tzedakah, not charity, but, but for justice, into the prayer about tzaddikim. And I said, oh, this is interesting, such a normal flow. Why is doing that? Right. But now you've offered an explanation for why it would do that. Correct. I like that. And I guess I see it as, you know, please, we want to have good governance. Uh, please help destroy the bad guys. Please help promote the good guys, which I thought we would get to today, which we're obviously not going to get to today. I thought we'd do the two brachot today, but we won't. We'll do that next week. Okay. Right. So, so yes, there is a way to sort of see it as being in flow. I mean, you can say, I don't like it. Because the other brachot are, I'm praying for something to get more. And I don't, psychologically, emotionally, I don't like the idea of, I'm praying for something to be torn down. Okay, you might make that argument. Like, why can't we just be in favor of what we're in favor of? Why do we have to say we're against what we're against? Um, and I understand that some people have that attitude. But but I do think it, it does not disrupt the flow, right? If you look at it that way. We we want a part of the restoration of the future is we want restoration of good leadership, we want tearing down of the bad guys, we want building up of the good guys, who we'll talk about next week. Uh another couple of minutes. Any closing thoughts, comments, Jeff? Yeah. It- Jeff then Jeff then Jonathan. Jeff then Jonathan. Um yeah, I, I think I missed something. You said that there was no effort. Well, 
you were saying there was no effort to restore something. What were you referring to? I think I oh, must have no one it. has no one. As far as I know, no one has ever said we should go back and change this blessing and say, have it be against sectarians and Christians. Okay, so those exact words. Okay. Yeah. Right. I'm going to look in my, I'm going to look in, um, okay, uh, go on Jonathan while I'm looking for something. Yeah, Avi, what's the difference between Tishaber and Timager? I don't know. Uh, Vered, I have no idea what Timager means. Vered, what does Timager mean? Timager is a harder verb than Tishaber. Tishaber means to, to smash, like to break. But it's not Tishbor, it's Teshaber, which is a, a higher right. level. And Temager is bigger than Temager. Say it again, please. Um, sorry, and and Temager is somehow bigger than Smash? Bigger, <clears throat> Smash completely, kind of erase that I won't see. It will be there, yeah. not here. Yeah. Thank you. Okay. And and what what was that anachronism that you said in the middle part of Zadim? Ayin Kaf Vav Mem of Day Kochavim Umazalot, worshippers of stars and constellations. It's sort of the common rabbinic term for um idol for pagans, meaning people who are polytheistic. Okay. Yemenite Sidur text on my phone, on my app, um, is la mishumadim al Mishumad means someone who was Jewish and converted to another religion. Right. Kol haminim vehamosrim kerega yovedu. May all the sectarians and the, it's another word for informers, people who hand you over to the authorities, moser, Right. May all the sectarians and those who hand over Jews to the authorities, may they be destroyed. Umalchut Zadon and the arrogant kingdom, may it be uprooted and destroyed. Okay. By the way, and there's some people who like wording of Malchut Zadon or Rish'ah, wickedness, because then you're talking about kind of a, you're not talking about individuals. You're not praying for the destruction of individuals, you're rather, you're, it's rather that you're praying for the destruction of, um, I don't know, forces. Here, this one is, let me just look at, this is, would be sort of Moroccan. Let me just see what Moroccans, I think it's Moroccan, uh, says, La minim villa malchinim al May the sectarians and informers have no hope. V'chol hazedim, all the arrogant ones. V'chol oivecha, v'chol sonecha, all your enemies and your haters, O Lord. Umalchut harish'ah, and the kingdom of wickedness, may it be destroyed. Right? So um, it is in general, I believe, I believe, I... Uh, this would require a little more research. I believe the Ashkenazic Sidur that has actually gotten rid of the word minim, heretics. And the Sephardi Sidurim, 
kept in the word minim, heretics. In general, there weren't any Muslims who thought the Jews, when the Jews used the word heretics, the Muslims didn't think the Jews were referring to them. Muslims are not perceived as Jewish heretics by the Jews or by the Muslims. Christians knew that when the Jews used the term heretics, they were thinking of Christians, okay? So there was greater push in the Ashkenazi world to eliminate the word minim. So I've just cited two two different Mizrahi Sidur traditions that still have minim in it, as well as one of them, Yemenite, which has mishumad, which means Jews who converted to another religion, right? That would definitely not fly in an Ashkenazi Sidur, okay? Because of either Christian censorship or Jewish self-censorship. And just so you know how Christian censorship worked, there were Jews who converted to Christianity and told the Christian authorities, hey, the Jews are saying this bad stuff in their prayer books about you. That's why they're, inf- that's why they're perceived of as informers, okay? Because um, they were, in fact, informers, all right? So there was greater, nice. in times of persecution, there was greater pressures in the Ashkenazi world to change some of the wordings here. Okay. Was there a closing comment anyone wanted to make? 8.53, we're running a little late. Okay. Everyone have a good day. And you know what? What's to argue with? May the forces of evil be torn down. I mean, you know, like, who could disagree? When when you put it broadly like that, like, who could disagree with that? Okay. Anyway, so may the forces of evil be torn down. And um, next week, we'll talk about may the forces of goodness be supported and built up. You have been listening to another in our series of podcasts from Temple Beth Am, a dynamic center for conservative Judaism in Los Angeles. If you enjoy these podcasts, we invite you to write a review on the Apple podcast site or wherever you get your podcasts. For more information about Temple Beth Am Los Angeles, go to tbala.org.